It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And it is yet another Friday and yet another edition of the Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. So if you didn't get your questions into me this week, make sure to go ahead and do that by following me on Twitter right now at Julian Council, where you can either at me or DM me every Friday throughout the rest of the preseason and training camp. Going to be answering your questions on your Carolina Panthers. A ton of stuff going on during training camp. So going to get into all the questions that y'all have today. Also, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. Also, we got a lot of this stuff going on across the NFL here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We have Peacock and Williamson, NFL analyst Brian Peacock, and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure to go check those guys out if you ever want to get the uh, totality of the news going on across the NFL, which, of course, right now, training camp open. It's going to be nonstop for the Panthers and the other 31 teams across the league. Without further ado, let's get into the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. We're going to start off with Travis. Travis says... All the talk about a successful season. My take is they have to make the playoffs, even if it's just a wild card game with a young defense and all the players they have in skill positions. It will be hard to take a losing season. The growing pain should be out after last year. What's your opinion? Which receiver has the highest ceiling? Okay, well, Travis, I understand. Every Carolina Panthers fan, myself included, wants to see this team go to the playoffs. Absolutely. All I'm going to say, though, is it is year two of Matt Rule as a NFL head coach. He did a fantastic job as a college coach, both at Temple and Baylor, rebuilding both those programs. And really, the Baylor job was in a, under extraordinary circumstances after what happened with Art Browse down there. Temple, a school that historically has been awful at football throughout its entirety of the program's history. He turned that team into a team that can win 10 games a year and would host college game day against Notre Dame on a Saturday night. And he had Baylor a win away, and really an overtime away, with a third-string quarterback in the Big 12 championship from going to the college football playoff. He did a fantastic job at college, and he's a program builder, something that David Tepper said when he decided to bring him to Carolina. Understanding that, year one at those schools didn't go well. Year two, improvement still not great. Year three was really when you saw... Those teams take off and get to that next level. So the Carolina Panthers, you bring up they have a young defense. 
a team that has a young defense, why would you say that they have to make the playoffs? Shouldn't there still be growing pains? It's the youngest roster in the National Football League. Just being practical and realistic about it, when you have the youngest roster in the league, in a league that experience, obviously, is very important. Of course, talent is very important. Quarterback play is very important. Offensive lines play is very important. They have talent, absolutely. It's young talent. They're still learning. They're still growing. Jeremy Chin is now going to be stepping back as a safety for the first time in his NFL career, really, as a full-time safety. Played out of position last year, was fantastic, but the Carolina Panthers are still kind of going wait-and-see mode in terms of whether that's the right spot for him. Sam Darnold has not proven through the first three years of his NFL career that he really is that guy at quarterback. we got to wait and see what's going to happen here in Carolina. The offensive line, there's a lot of question marks. I think the right side of the offensive line, for the most part, with Paradis, John Miller, and Taylor Moten, is pretty much figured out, and that's what you can have some sort of confidence in terms of that unit. But the left side, at least what they put out there today with Cam Irving and Pat Elfline, I don't have a ton of confidence in that. And just what you've seen from them, PFF, they grade all these offensive linemen. Over the last three seasons, there's been 151 offensive linemen to play over 1,500 snaps. And Pat Elfline and Cam Irving graded out 147th and 151, respectively, out of 151 guys. So there can't be a ton of confidence in them. Not saying that they can't be successful, but just you pointed out yourself why they probably shouldn't be in the playoffs being a young defense and a team that did go through growing pains. Like, they're not all going to be out. You still have a young coaching staff and guys like Joe Brady, who's only been a play caller for one season at this level. Same thing with Phil Snow, who's been around in, in college game, but it's his first time as, an off, as a DC in the NFL last season. So I'm not telling you not to want to make want these guys to make the playoffs, but... I don't think you should have a difficult time, you know, swallowing them not to make in the playoffs this year, just considering the fact that, like, they are a young team and there's still going to be a lot of growing pains. Like, come on. I don't, I think this team's been set up. It's supposed to be set up for the year three to be the year. You got to figure out the quarterback and figure out the offensive line. See this defense with the additions of these veterans like Daquan Jones and AJ Boye and Hassan Reddick can really take that next step before we start expecting things out of the Carolina Panthers. And as a fan, yeah, you want to expect your team to do well every year. You don't want to go into the season thinking that my team's not going to be any good. And that's not the case. Like, I think the Panthers, again, between seven and ten, eight, uh, nine and eight, like eight, nine, nine, eight, it's absolutely in the realm of possibilities. And depending on how things shake out in the NFC, that might be good enough for a wild card. But I do think they'll be in the hunt. It's just going to come down to whether they've grown enough and they can stay healthy and Darnold plays well enough for when they get to the end of the season against teams like Buffalo and Tampa twice and New Orleans, depending on how well they perform this year, whether this team is ready for that challenge. So we will see. That's just my opinion, and you have your opinion. That would be hard to see them not, uh, see another losing season. And would 9-8 and eight be good enough for you? Because if they go 9-8, and eight, I think everyone should be ecstatic whether that means playoffs or not because that's a winning season, and that sets up next season to potentially be the first time in franchise history where the Carolina Panthers have had back-to-back -back winning seasons. And in terms of which receiver has the highest ceiling, I mean, there's no question that's DJ Moore after what he's done the last two seasons with the quarterback play that he's had around him. All right, Kurt. He says, you kind of talked about this Monday and Tuesday, but two-part question here. One, given Michael Thomas news, how crucial is it for this team to be 3-0 to start the season? Jets, Saints at home, Texans on the road. To start to be a good team, you got to beat the team you're supposed to beat. And I agree with you. Absolutely. Just answer that first part. Like, yeah, the Jets, week one, that's a must win. Especially for guys like Travis, who are going to have our time. This team has another losing season, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want that to happen either. I'm kind of, I'm sick of this watching this team lose every year, um, year in, year out. But uh, yeah, if they want to be a playoff team, they got to beat the New York Jets. The Jets are starting a rookie quarterback that has not even entered camp yet. I think Friday morning will be the first time he's even practiced with the team. Uh, also, like the Saints, 
They got a lot of issues right now, like the quarterback situation, Michael Thomas not being available. Then there's the news about Deontay Harris, who apparently was arrested uh, earlier this month for driving while allegedly under the influence of alcohol. And this is reported by Nick Underhill. And typically those situations come with a two-game suspension, meaning that he might not be available for that game. So, yeah, the Panthers absolutely want to win that New Orleans Saints game in terms of wild card uh, picture. And in the Houston Texans situation, still ongoing, whether Deshaun Watson is going to play for them or not. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to get traded. But I have a hard time believing that Deshaun Watson is going to be taking snaps on that Thursday night game in Houston when the Panthers travel there. So, yeah, 3-0 would be great. Uh, part two of Kurt's question is, if they go 3-0 and then become a 500-ish team, everyone expects 7-7 seven seven the rest of the way makes them 10-7 teams. So how much would a 3-0 start make you rethink playoff expectations for the team? I mean, here's the thing. It's a week-to-week league. And I, I'm going to keep saying that. Like, Yeah, they start off 3-0. And who knows like what's going to happen between week one and week two and two and three and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, they start off 3-0, obviously there's going to be a ton of hype going around this team, not only in the area, but across the National Football League. And I think a lot of outsiders are going to look at it and be like, well, they beat the Jets and Texans, and then the Saints win's a very good good win. But also the Saints are starting a new quarterback in Week 2. Um, it's going to be a guy who has experience with James Winston, and they're also probably going to say that, oh, well, they didn't have Michael Thomas, so, you know, what is this Saints team really? But you're going to find out later on, like, Dallas, that's a team that, a lot of people think it's going to win the NFC East, but their defense was not great last year. The Vikings are a team that uh, I've seen people think will make the playoffs this year. The Eagles shouldn't be any good. The Giants, I mean, the Panthers should be able to handle them. The Falcons, I think the, I think the Carolinas should be better than them. It's going to really come down to just uh, – there's going to be a lot of games, like a lot of toss-ups, like New England and Arizona and Washington and Miami on the road. That won't be an easy game before you get to the final four weeks of the season. And, yeah, I mean, going 7-7 seven and seven the rest of the way would be great. In terms of, like, can you get 10-7 to make the playoffs? It, it would definitely rethink expectations for a lot of people. But I'm just going to caution everyone just to take it week by week and then see how things figure out. Because there's going to be injuries where the Carolina Panthers are going to have to get over and for other teams that they're going to face. And hopefully everything works out. But I'm not going to just go ahead and say right after a 3-0 start that this team's absolutely going to make the playoffs. Now, 3-0 start and they don't finish off at least 9-8, and then, yeah, that would be something that would be very frustrating for me to watch and I think for everyone to watch here who's a fan of the Carolina Panthers. Um, all right, more of your questions after this quick pause here. As I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they celebrate the freedom of choice because they give you fantastic choices like coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, everything out there for you at Built Bar. You can also get a mix box, which gets you two of each of the nine flavors, which is awesome. They're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bars are also healthy for you to eat. Most Built Bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Make sure to get the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team today by going to BuiltBar.com in using promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, let's get back to more of your mailbag questions here on a Friday. Grant asks, the Panthers knew full and well they were moving on from Teddy Bridgewater and decided to not trade up in the draft and even pass potential franchise quarterbacks in Justin Fields and Mac Jones at eight. Fields in particular felt like he could have been a fit for the scheme and has demonstrated talent and winning mentality over his college career at Ohio State. And is now in Chicago. Who is more suited to win a championship now? And which do you think will win a championship first between the Panthers and Bears? Who? Okay. Well, I mean, the Bears defensively, they have a better, more experienced defense. But this is also an aging unit when you think of guys like Akeem Hicks. I mean, Khalil Mack, he's still fantastic. But he's going to get up there in age. Um, they had to get rid of Kyle Fuller this past offseason just because of uh, the cap issue. He's now in Denver. So... And you also have to think about it. Justin Fields, as we've seen, and I've told people on the show, when you look at quarterbacks and their progression, there's not everyone's not going to be Patrick Mahomes and win the MVP in their second season in the league at first time as a starter. Same thing basically with Lamar Jackson, winning MVP, second year in the league, um, first year as the full-time starter, even though he did fill in the year before and led the Ravens to the playoffs and Joe Flacco went down. But still, for the most part, I think the way you should be looking at these quarterbacks is how Buffalo set up things with Josh Allen. Where his first two seasons, there was a lot up and down, but he did show promise. Then year three, pass-heavy offense. You got Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. Both those guys are all pro wide receivers. A fantastic offensive line. And he ran the show, got him to the AFC title game. But it took a couple seasons to figure out. So for the Bears, I can't say that they're closer to winning a championship, in part because the defense is old. Your quarterback is probably not starting day one. It's going to be Andy Dalton likely up there in Chicago. And your general manager and head coach are on the hot seat. Like Ryan Pace, the fact that he's gotten this many opportunities where he brought in Mike Lennon and then later on went and got Mitch Trubisky traded up for that. Trubisky didn't work out. He uh, traded then to bring in Nick Foles. Trubisky started and Foles started and Trubisky started again. They go to the playoffs somehow still because of the defense. And now he got another opportunity by taking Justin Fields, but he traded up for him as well. And then Matt Nagy, he was hired, right, to work Mitch Trubisky, the number two overall pick, and that didn't work out. His offense hasn't seemed to do anything, whether it's Trubisky's fault or whether it's Nagy's fault. I don't think you can look at him and have any confidence as him as a head coach in the National Football League. Now, sure, he's had, in terms of a guy who can win Super Bowl, he's been to the playoffs twice, which you got to give him credit for that, but he's supposed to be an offensive guru. And yet, you've yet to see that offense pan out so far. You can blame Trubisky if you want. You can also just look at, you know, the schemes that he's running out there because it hasn't necessarily looked the same as it looked when Doug Peterson was up in Philadelphia and, of course, his mentor Andy Reid down in Kansas City. Now, yes, having Patrick Mahomes helps out a lot. I would just probably say Carolina based off of the fact that they have a very young team that's not aging. And defensively, they have some core players I really like in Brian Burns and, of course, Jeremy Chin. Offensively, with Chris McCaffrey, the wide receivers that they have, all they're really missing right now is certainly the passing attack or a pass rush to prove that they can get after the quarterback. Um, the secondary, they have to figure out, make sure they can get off the field in third down. And also the offensive line. Like, if the offensive line ever gets things figured out, and I'm not quite sure that they have enough guys on the roster right now and in the fold who can step up and be there in the coming seasons to give whoever the quarterback is enough time. But also the quarterback has to figure things out. And at least Sam Darnold has – the experience of playing for three years in the National Football League where he's not coming green straight out of college like Justin Fields. Now, I love Justin Fields more than I like Sam Darnold, and that's the same case if they were both coming at the same time. Always like Justin Fields at Ohio State. Was never really a huge fan of Sam Darnold back at USC, and in the first three years in the NFL, the Jets have not made me any more of a fan of his. So I'm going to say the Panthers, but I think both organizations 
particularly the Bears, are pretty far off from competing for a Super Bowl right now until they kind of figure out the quarterback situation and and really uh, the rest of the roster. Okay, Mark says, hey, Julian, Mark here again with Ian Rappaport and others reporting that Houston is starting to shop Watson. That's Deshaun Watson. There's a bunch of Deshaun Watson questions I got in here coming up here, folks. Um, Should Carolina, who has a history of staying away from problem players, kick the tires on the possibility of bringing him in, especially since we are lukewarm on Darnold at best? As an Uber fan, I think we should stay away from him, even though he's a generational talent. I like him in the Vic in Philly and Hunt, and Kareem Hunt, that is, in Cleveland, who's had a pretty good comeback story. I know we cannot fan our way through uh, morality, but we have to have our eyes open in all cases, especially this case. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's 22 cases currently. I mean, lawsuits going against Deshaun Watson. Until that gets figured out, he just feels like he's untouchable to me. And in fairness to Sam Darnold, like, it's a meritocracy. The NFL is not fair. Life's not fair. I just would feel like it makes more sense just to give the guy an opportunity to show you whether he can actually be the guy or not. And Percy asked a similar question saying, Julian, not being able to have Darnold Watson on the same team, what kind of deal, two or three team, would it take to move Darnold and acquire Watson? I know that we will end up having to move significant assets, picks might be players, and acquire very little in return besides Watson. Like, yeah, Houston wants – their argument is you're getting a player who's going to be your franchise quarterback for the next 10-plus seasons barring health of course and that this whatever's going on uh with the sexual assault and misconduct and all those allegations in the in the, in the court cases i hoping that that if that's not going to come to fruition um yeah I mean, they want three first round picks rightfully so you saw what san francisco traded up for uh, with miami to go get trey lance who's not even proven to, uh, to do anything yet in the league let alone i mean even at big time college football so you got that and then they also want starting caliber players, maybe higher picks. I just, right now, I don't think talking about a Watson deal makes a ton of sense just because like, the Carolina Panthers need to be focused on what's in camp. And Scott Fitterer has said as much. Uh, Gary Atkin asked, like, also another Deshaun Watson question. And actually, it was pretty cool to hear from Gary. Gary said, hi, Julian Panthers friend from Manchester, England here. Big fan of the Locked On Pod, which keeps me up to date with the Panthers news across the pond. What do you think a decent trade for Watson would be given everything that's going on around him? The guy's a top-quality quarterback, and we've taken on players in the past who have had a range of issues going on. Is it something that you that you think we should be taking a punt on? Pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, keep up the great work and keep pounding. Yeah, if the circumstances were different, I've said this before, Deshaun Watson's the Carolina Panther right now. If all that's happened with him off the field legally did not happen... He is right now in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Sam Darnold, got Lord no, I don't have no idea where he's at. I have a hard time imagining that he's getting an opportunity to be a starter anywhere else in the National Football League because um, it was an act of pure desperation. Now, it was a, it's a reasonable gamble, honestly, for what the Carolina Panthers are doing and what they've given up because basically in the end it was only a second-round pick, but they picked up fifth-year options. So they've at least given um, some sort of financial guarantee for him next season, whether he's on the team or or not, and the Jets weren't willing to do that, and I don't know how many other teams out there across the National Football League would have been willing to uh, make that same gamble. I want Watson here, of course, but right now it's just there aren't any trades that are unless you can trade like a seventh round pick and get them. But that's not the case, and I'm I'm not even really like fine. I maybe give it like a first round pick, and if Deshaun Watson can be out for a season, then fine, you get him back later. But right now, I just I'm not giving up any assets. Until everything gets figured out. And I think that's how the Houston Texans are going to have to sit back and wait and see how things play out. Roger Goodell has said, and the NFL said currently, that there's no reason for Deshaun Watson not to be made available based off of the uh, information that they have and their investigation that's still ongoing. I just need to get that thing cleared up before I want to talk about any sort of trade um, 
possibilities because I just right now that we're just not in that position. There's a lot more real world stuff going on in terms of Deshaun Watson than whether the Carolina Panthers have the right assets to trade for him football wise. I just like don't really feel that comfortable trying to go through all this kind of deal until uh, we get that stuff kind of figured out. So uh, yeah. Gary, appreciate you listening to all the way from uh, England. I'm a Liverpool supporter, by the way, so uh, uh, tweet at me. Let me know if you're a United or uh, City. Not going to be a fan either way, but still, thank you for listening to the podcast. All right, going to take another uh, pause and get back to more of your questions after the break. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Eric, uh, this is not really a question, but it ties into what I was asked afterwards. Um, Eric says, not really a question, but after taking Horn in the first round, I was big on picking up Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback who's now up with the Minnesota Vikings, in the second round. That way we still have a contingency plan if Darnold flops. And, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you felt that way. I just felt like the Carolina Panthers already like who they have in-house in P.J. Walker and Will Greer, which leads me to this question from Tepper's Brass Balls saying, we've heard plenty of your opinion on Sam Darnold being our QB1, uh, but what's your thoughts on our backup quarterback? We're one hit away from P.J. Walker or Will Greer. Is Greer even on, on the roster this year? If not, do we bring in another vet? So last season... With Teddy, PJ, and Will, and the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, which is you know still happening currently, as we've seen uh, with the Carolina Panthers and across the NFL, guys testing positive, Panthers having to put guys on the COVID list and all that kind of stuff, it's not going away. Uh, and, or it's going to be something we have to deal with the entire season. Matt Rule has said that the NFL, with guys from the CDC, they I think they also understand that this is not just going to be something that disappears overnight and something that you can just, you know, we're just going to live with and be okay with. Uh, I don't think that's really the right way to go about that kind of stuff. But still, having three quarterbacks was a necessity last season based off of all the COVID protocols. And with Sam Darnold, I'm not necessarily worried about COVID. He's, as of today, this morning, he is fully vaccinated, two weeks removed from his second shot. That does not mean that he still cannot test positive. Um, but still, he can come back quicker than a guy who would be unvaccinated, and I can also avoid the Panther potentially having to forfeit if there was some sort of outbreak within their roster this season per the NFL protocols and rules in 2021. But they needed three quarterbacks, just in case you see a situation like last year with the Denver Broncos, their entire quarterback room was wiped out. They need three quarterbacks. This season, I'm not quite sure that they do. Now, P.J. Walker, Will Greer, based off of last year, P.J.'s the number two. And then Will, local kid, would love to see him stay here in Charlotte. Obviously a great story when he was drafted. A lot of people out there who have, have no sense at all thought Will Greer was being drafted here to replace Cam Newton, which was completely asinine then. And it's even dumber now <laughs> that anyone could have that ridiculous opinion that Will Greer was going to come here to be the starting quarterback over Cam Newton. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I know there's a lot of people out there in this fan base that are dumb, but like, that's just spectacularly stupid to have that opinion or to have had that opinion. I don't know if he's going to be on the roster this year. I don't really see what benefit the Carolina Panthers have by having Will Greer and P.J. Walker both on the roster this season. 
if anything, yes, I would love for them to try and go out there and find a veteran quarterback if one is made available here in the next couple weeks with cutdowns. And in terms of with Sam Darnold, yeah, the guy has yet to play a full 16-game season schedule, whether it's been due to a shoulder injury that he had last season or mono. He has not been able to be healthy for whether it's just been health reasons or just in terms of just the lack of protection he had in New York, which would lead you to believe just based off of his career, which I've talked about with him not protecting the football, just based off what we've seen in the first three years of his career, you would expect, especially now you had another game with 17, that he's going to miss a couple weeks this season. And I've had this conversation with y'all. If that's the case, do you really feel comfortable with P.J. Walker or Will Greer having to start two to three weeks this season? P.J. Walker stepped into a great situation last year against the Detroit Lions that were a completely garbage football team, and the defense had a fantastic day. But if he's stepping in a situation this season, later on when they're going on the road to Miami, are you really that confident in P.J. Walker? Or if they're playing against the Patriots or at the Cardinals or Washington football team, or do you want that stretch? That could be honestly one of the key stretches of the season in terms of wild card. That stretch from week 10 to 12, right before the bye, where you have at Arizona a potential wild card team right there in the NFC, home against Washington football team, a potential wild card team right there in the NFC, and then out Miami Dolphins, a team that you're going to want to beat, who's going to also be a potential playoff team in the AFC. That do you, If there's a potential where Sam Darnold is not available during that stretch, do you feel comfortable with either one of those guys? I certainly do not. So I would love to see them go out there and find the right kind of veteran, but who is going to be available? That's kind of the question out for me right now um, that I would have for the Carolina Panthers. And they seem, and this was asked to Scott Fitter also the other day, on Tuesday when they arrived down in Spartanburg, and he's like, I just want to see what we have right now in PJ and Will, and he they seem to be completely content with what they have right now. And you just got to trust it. Will it work out? I don't know, but we will see. All right, Percy asked another question saying, Julian, do you think we will pull a flyer on Michael Kendrick from linebacker, from, uh, for linebacker depth and considering his Seattle ties, he's been officially sentenced to one day in jail but is free to resume his NFL career? To me, it makes almost too much sense to bring him in to see what he's got. <laughs> if there's any ex-Seattle linebacker that I want to bring in, it's KJ Wright. The guy had a fantastic season last year and from my understanding is still a free agent. So, that's who I'd rather have. We're talking about any Seattle linebacker, and I had this conversation with y'all earlier this summer. He's 32. He has experience. He knows Scott Fitterer. I don't know how what their relationship is like, how tight they are. But we're going to talk about any former Seattle linebacker. I'd rather have that guy than a dude who uh, had some uh, issues with the FBI here not too recently and Michael Kendricks. Uh, Ryan ask one final question here it's probably an oversight on my part but do the panthers organization have an empowered analytics voice if so who is he slash she and the answer to that question is a man named taylor Rajik, who is the director of football analytics for the carolina panthers he was hired back in the summer of 2019 and let's remember david tepper came in talking about how he really wanted to implement analytics across the board with his football team. And he wasn't going to hire a coach and Matt Rule who wasn't willing to allow analytics to play a role in terms of game management and how they address their roster. Same thing, he's not going to hire general manager and Scott Fitterer who's not going to be open to the idea of analytics. So I don't know how influential Taylor Rajak is. I haven't really read much. The only thing I've ever really seen on him was the Max Henson article back when Max was with Panthers.com introducing him in the new role. So I don't know how influential the voice is or how empowered the voice is. 
I have a hard time believing that David Tepper, who was all about analytics and part of the reason why he wanted to move on from Ron Rivera and obviously Marty Herney, was in part having someone who was going to be all in on analytics. I don't think it's controlling everything over there on 800 South Mint Street, but I'm certainly sure that it's playing a large role in how they conduct their business there with the Carolina Panthers. All right, thanks so much again for all the questions here for the weekly Friday mailbag here. Um, make sure, guys, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. That's how you can get in contact with me. Whether you're going to at me or DM me, that's how you can get in your questions for next Friday's weekly Friday mailbag. Please go ahead and do that. Um, I hope I got to all your questions. If I not get to your question, then I will try my best next week to get to your question. But as always, appreciate y'all listening. Appreciate the support. Enjoy your weekend. And I'll talk to you on Monday as we have week two of Carolina Panthers training camp down in Sparkle City. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.